I'm Eric, grateful follower of Jesus Christ who's in recovery for substance abuse. I feel like I need to turn over here where everybody's avoiding this half of the room. Um, yeah, I missed you guys last week. I'm fresh off of a, a vacation with a six-year-old and a three-year-old driving to Florida um, and no relapses, So I'm and I'm all intact and, and, and refreshed and in a good mood, so yeah. Um, but there was a lot of prayer going into that and coming back. So, um, but no, I'm happy to see you guys. Uh, tonight we're, we're going to do a lesson on amends. Uh, so I always like to just kind of do the, the principle and the step that that's from real quick, just to kind of posture ourselves towards what we're talking about. So principle six says, evaluate all my relationships, offer forgiveness to those who have hurt me, and make amends for harm I've done to others, except when to do so would harm them or others. And then the step is step eight, which says we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. So if you are at this step, the participant's guide, we're in number three, uh, page 40 through 44 is what we'll be covering tonight. So um, in essence, the the material here, the steps and the principle together is kind of just saying, forgive me as I learn to forgive you. That's kind of the essence of that. So up until now, we've worked on repairing the personal side of our, our lives through the steps. Um, we've admitted we're powerless. We've turned our lives and our will over to God's care. We've done a personal inventory uh, shared our sins or wrongs with another person and admitted our shortcomings and asked God to remove them. So now we start to repair the relational side of things. If isolating from God and others has kind of been a habit for you in your recovery, uh, this is the beginning of the end of that. And in Proverbs 18.1, it kind of reminds us uh, of the dangers of that. It says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom. Um, so now, some of you who haven't started this step may be saying, if God has forgiven me, which I know that he has, I've asked for forgiveness, if he's forgiven me, isn't that enough? Why should I start bringing up the past involving other people? But what we learn is that making amends is not about your past as much as it is about your future. Before you can have healthy relationships that you desire, you need to clean out the guilt, the shame, the pain that has caused many of our past relationships to fail. And like I've said so many times before in the teachings, these steps are designed in a specific order for a reason. So don't overthink what we're talking about tonight. Step eight is making the list. We're simply identifying those to whom we need to make amends or offer forgiveness. It's just making the list. Don't get wrapped up in the process of what the next step is going to be. Um, just be willing to make the list and write the people down. So before we move on to our famous acrostic that we'll have up on the, on the board here, uh, I want to kind of acknowledge some people that are in kind of a difficult part of this process. Um, there are, 
I know there are people here that have wounds from being victims of child molestation, sexual abuse, adultery, um, and other deep violations. And some of these instances feel like forgiveness is kind of an impossible thing to get to. Um, and believe me, I, I understand. And there are different types of forgiveness that we'll talk about in later lessons. Um, but for this lesson, I'd like to just offer a reworded version of the step for victims of sexual and physical abuse um, that they have. I think it's in the participants guide, but if you need it, tell me and I'll give it to you. But the, the kind of the reworded version for that situation says, make a list of all persons who have harmed us and become willing to seek God's help in forgiving our perpetrators as well as forgiving ourselves. Realize we've also harmed others and become willing to make amends for them or to them. So I hope that that's helpful in a, in a way to approach that if you're in that situation. Um, but for tonight, we're not going to focus on the forgiveness part as much. Uh, that'll be next week. Tonight, we're going to focus on the second half of the principle, um, the part that says, make amends for harm I've done to others. So in Matthew 5, 23 through 24, it says, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. So on, on page 43 in the participant's guide, there is, there's an amends list in here. It's a good tool is the reason why I'm pointing that out. Um, there's, a, there's two columns. There's not enough space there. You'll probably have to add a lot more to that. At least I know I did. But column one is who you owe amends to. Column two is who you need to forgive. So that's a good tool in there if you're looking for something to kind of help you get through it. So to start the acrostic, uh, the, we're going to spell the word amends. So A is admit the hurt and the harm. Jesus said in Luke 6, 37, do not judge and you will not be judged and do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Pardon and you will be pardoned. Now, admitting something involves one very important quality that we've worked on in our recovery for a long time. I know that I have, uh, and that's honesty. We should be inviting God into our work always, but especially in this process. Being unable to be completely honest uh, is a way to create other issues in your recovery, and it'll hinder your progress. So honesty is very important in the admitting step of this. The next letter is the M, which is make a list, which I talked about a little bit. Um, if you're to this step, um, you've obviously completed your inventory back in the participant guide number two. This is also a good tool for the list of people you need to make amends to. Because you'll find in column one of that inventory, the list of people that you need to forgive. And in column five, the list of people that you owe amends to. So this is a good tool to go back to and use to add to people on your list. 
Now, God may have revealed others to you who aren't in your inventory, so add those people. Uh, And if you are a longer work in progress, such as myself, you may have added some wrongdoings to your inventory after you completed it. So add those people as well. Don't get hung up in what making the amends will look like. Don't get hung up in how that will work and what you will say. Just make the list and be willing to put those people down, okay? So the E is encourage one another. So this part of the work is showing you the value of accountability partners and sponsors. Go over your list with them. Allow them to provide feedback. Accept the feedback. Getting encouragement can allow you to not feel weighed down in the process. Um, Hebrews 10.24 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. The in is not for them. This, is a, this was a hard part of the process for me. So what I had to remind myself was making amends isn't an opportunity to justify your actions and make excuses for what you've done. Approach the process honestly, humbly, sincere, sincerely, willingly. Uh, do not expect anything back. This isn't for a reward. This is to gain freedom. So that's the goal. The danger of not approaching it this way sets back or puts us in a, in a situation of setbacks. Because um, you, can, you can become addicted to bitterness, to hatred, to revenge, just as you were addicted to alcohol and drugs and toxic relationships. So when our lives are, are based around bitterness or resentment or anger, comparisons, uh, envy on social media, we slowly start to shrivel our soul um, and, and really kill ourselves emotionally. And an unforgiving heart will cause you more pain and destruction than it will ever cause the person who hurt you. So the big takeaway is just don't expect anything back. Don't play that out. You know, I, 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 I get caught in that sometimes at work. I have these, like, fake arguments on the way to work, and I, you know, figure out how it's going to work. And I always win the argument, and I come back with some real good comebacks and all that. But that stuff eats you up because it never plays out that way. Um, I remember when I first started this step, I feel like God did this to me on purpose uh, to make sure that I did this truthfully. I was to the place where it was time to make amends, and... I started making the list, and I started planning out how all this was going to go, and I got a random message on Facebook from somebody who um, I hadn't talked to in years, since high school, just out of nowhere. And it seemed like a nice message, like asking me how I was doing, and once I answered, he just went off onto like all these things that I had done to him back then, and basically started the amends process for me. 
um, but in a really negative way. It turned out to be a really good thing, and we've since like had a relationship. He lives in Florida. We've had a relationship with each other, talking back and forth, but the start of that really put me in a place to where I was like, man, I don't know if I'm even going to do these amends if this is how that's going to always work. Um, but I think, I think that God was trying to show me to not, that I don't have control over this, that it's not about me controlling the situation. It's about me being honest, humble, giving, and allowing them to accept it in the way that they need to, you know? Um, so the D is do it at the right time, which is also a, a been horror stories for, for me. <laughs> Not only does this principle require courage and good judgment and willingness, but a careful sense of timing. So part of my attraction to drugs and alcohol was that I could be in control of altering my mood and my feelings basically whenever I wanted to. Um, and I felt whatever I needed, I needed it immediately. So the way that that ended up carrying over into my relationships is that I f when I felt something inside or I felt like I needed to approach somebody or have a difficult conversation. I really didn't plan that out. I just kind of said what was on my mind right at the time and didn't think about the risk of how it made others feel, um, if I was doing it in a loving way, if I was involving God in any of that. Um, so this step will test that and make that better. Um, you aren't ready to just spew everything out once you write it down to whoever you need to. Um, don't, and don't send it in a group text if you're ever thinking about that. Don't try to cover all your bases at one time. That will not work. Um, but you need, to, you need to think about it. You need to pray, process it all, um, which is the reason why I avoided those kind of things in the past is because it was work and it took some, some self-examination. It took some restraint, all of those things I was not good at. Um, Philippians 2, 3 through 4 says, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of, of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. So the last letter, um, and that's what I'll wrap up on, is the S, which is start living the promises of recovery, which is the good, hopeful stuff. Um, I was telling Jeff earlier, this is that scripture that I was talking about. Uh, there's a scripture in Joel, which is a book that I haven't read from a lot or you don't hear about too much. It's in the Old Testament. It, he was a prophet, um, and there's only three chapters in it. It's a short book, um, but there's some really cool stuff in it. And, and he's referring to... Um, basically a catastrophe that was happening over the land where the locusts had taken everything from them. And, and there's, a, there's a scripture there in Joel 2.25. He says, Then I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten. And it just reminded me of my addiction and my recovery, of, you know, the, the visual of 
my drug and alcohols of choice and what they've eaten and taken over in my life, and I allowed them to just completely consume. Um, and then thinking about what God promises you even after all that. Um, you know, what he was reminding people in the writing is that God brings us freedom even in tremendous loss. God gave us a way out through Jesus, and he continues to do so. God hasn't stopped working. You know, for every person who comes up and gets a chip, when we have chip night, uh, to mark their freedom from recovery, uh, to all the people whose relationships have been healed, who've went out and got jobs, who've gotten out of jail, who've fixed marriages, relationships with children, all of that stuff. Aren't we reminded of God's promises through that? Um, it reminds me that, you know, so many people say that, that miracles only happened in biblical times, and, you know, that's when that happened. But that happens in our lives now, and, and we overlook it so often. Um, we still receive those miracles. It's easy to forget that there are seas being parted in our lives, just like it happened in the, in the Scripture. It's easy to forget that there are floods that were destined to survive, uh, that what Satan tries to tempt us with is no match for what God will and can provide for us. That what the locusts once ate can be made new and rebuilt through the grace of Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah, that's it for now. Let me, let me pray us out and then we'll break into groups, okay? Father God, thank you so much for the people in this room, um, for fulfilling promises to us. Um, God, help us recognize that. Help us see the miracles that you do every day. Just the miracle of, of waking up and the breath that you put into us. Help us see that and find joy in what you give us. Uh, in hopes that there's more to come, that there's more freedom to be had, that there's more joy to experience uh, through our recovery, through gathering like we are. So Lord, I just, I just want to lift the people in this room up and the people that we love that aren't in here, I want to lift them up to you too. I ask that you just work in their lives in a way that they, that they understand, that they, they hear and they recognize um, so these seats slowly start to fill. Um, and so we build a community here uh, to glorify you uh, in the miracles that you're doing through us. Uh, so thank you. Thank you for this. Um, and thank you for uh, being patient with me as I try to, try to give your word to, to the people here. Um, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.